Hey, what's going on, guys? Good morning. It is results day, stage six. I mean, I feel like technically it was uh, it was all over yesterday in about 10 minutes. We were talking to the guys online. If you guys were following on YouTube, greatly appreciate it. Had the conversation going, excuse me, conversation going, but uh, the coffee was wearing out. So long day, but let's get to it. Results, stage six. And we're going to see if we could get a, uh, a quick word into with somebody from the bivouac here. Let me take a quick. All right. How's everybody doing this morning? Let's get right to it. Results. All right. So you guys have seen if you're watching or following along on YouTube, you know it. You know the course yesterday. Absolutely brutal 48 hour stage where the guys stopped and bivouacs mini bivouacs that's what we'll call them the mbs of the course 625 kilometers total raced for these guys with some for, uh shorter liaisons for them roughly 60 miles a piece very interesting stage very interesting concept i think it worked the way it is except for the second day they had some issues something was going on because there was a release in the news there that said that ignore the standings the general standings for now there's some timing stuff so Enough time has passed. I think they've got it sorted, but we will see. I did see a couple of provisional flags uh, on the on the results for, for the classes. Uh, so let's get to it. Let's find out results for the Rally GP. Adrian Van Beveren. It's been a minute getting a stage win. You know, he was on the Yamahas for the longest time, and I don't think ever really got the results that he is seeing in such a short time from Honda. So it's absolutely awesome to see him at the top of the rankings, especially on a dune stage. But then again, I believe he is more of a dune specialist. That's kind of his thing. So very well done. Seven hours and 57 minutes total, 29 seconds for him. Toby Price in the number two spot, eight hours, one minute and 42 seconds for him, finishing four minutes and 13 seconds off the pace of Adrian Van Beveren. And then you've got Ricky Brabeck on the Honda, Monster Energy Honda, eight hours, two minutes and 31 seconds for him finishing five minutes and two seconds back. And then you've got Daniel Sanders in the number four spot on the Gas Gas Factory. 804-24, 6.35 back from, or 6.55, excuse me, 6.55 back from the number one spot of Adrian Van Beveren. Ross Branch in the number uh, five spot here at Motorsports Rally Team. Eight hours, seven minutes and nine seconds. And then Luciano Benavides in the number six spot. Husqvarna Factory Racing, 8.0808. Look at that, 888 for Luciano, so not bad. Picked up 12 seconds of bonus time on this stage. Uh, Kevin Benavides, brother to Luciano, in the number seven spot, Red Bull KTM Factory Racing, eight, eight hours, 13 minutes, 34 seconds, finishing 16 minutes off the pace of the stage winner, Adrian Van Beveren. Stefan Svitko in the number eight spot, slowed off rally team, eight hours, 18 minutes and 48 seconds, finishing 21 minutes back. Nacho Cornejo in the number nine spot on the Monster Energy Honda, finishing up. Eight hours, 19 minutes, and 18 seconds with a 21 second or 21 minute, 49 second deficit to Adrian Van Beveren. And rounding out the top 10 in the Rally GP class, it is Mike Michak. Uh, what is going on this morning? See, that's what I get. I should have let the coffee process a little further. Orion Motor Racing Group finishing nine hours and 50 seconds back or for that stage. One hour, three minutes, 21 seconds off the pace of Adrian Van Beveren. Something interesting to see. I'm just going to, let's, uh, we'll call a spade a spade. 
we all know if you ride in dirt bikes that usually body weight has something to do with the amount of available traction. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen Adrian Van Beveren in person, but I know Toby Price and I know Ricky Brabeck. And I'm not saying they're horse jockeys, but I'm also not saying that they're like, you know, super huge guys, but they do carry a bit more weight. Does that play into getting traction in the dunes and helping them lunge forward a little better? I don't know. What do you guys think? Drop the comments. You know where to find it on Spotify. Hit that Q&A. And if you're on the other platforms, send me a message. What do you think? Does it hold water? Does this kind of see? You've got Daniel Sanders, uh, fourth, Ross Branch, fifth, Luciano Benavides, sixth, Kevin Benavides, seven. But then you've got all the, I'm going to air quote this, bigger guys uh, up front, up top. I don't know. It's a weight thing. I mean, it's not, you know, hell, if it's an advantage, it's an advantage. You could almost pick a whole, I've been to the local races. You can pick a whole shot by finding who the biggest guy is on the gate. And as long as the form is good, right, they're dropping the clutch at the proper time, there's a very high chance that they're going to be the first one to the corner because the bike just hooks up. They got a little bit more weight over that rear fender. So anyway, all right, that's enough of that. Let's jump over to results for Rally 2. Rally 2 results. Jean Lapont in the number one spot, finishing at eight hours, 23 minutes and 53 seconds. He is on the Deuce Rally team. And then Lucci on the BAS World KTM Racing Team bike. It is eight hours, 39 minutes and 23 seconds, finishing 15 minutes and 30 seconds back. And then Harith Noah on the Sherco TBS Rally Factory, finishing eight hours, 39 minutes and 54 seconds, 1601 back. So very interesting to see. We do have some news. But we did see uh, Harry working with Mason uh, and assisting as well as a bunch of other guys. And I believe I even saw Nasser uh, Altia trying to help as well on this situation. So very awesome to see everybody from the Dakar, everybody in these remote bivouacs just trying to make it happen. So really awesome to see that. Okay. Continuing on results four through 10 on the Rally 2 side of things. Bradley Cox on the BAS World KTM Racing Team. Finishing eight hours, 40 minutes, and 21 seconds. And then Jacob Argue Bright on the Deuce Rally Team Honda. Eight hours, 40 minutes, and 21 seconds. Look at that. An absolute tie. Dead. How do you race 626 kilometers through the dunes and literally finish with a tie with another competitor? How does that even happen? I mean, like, if this was Formula One, and these guys are cranking laps within a millimeter of each other, you know, a millimeter, like saying the tire placement is within a millimeter. I, okay. I get it. I could see that. I could see that. But are you kidding me? What is it? 400 plus miles that these guys ran and they literally finish in the same amount of time. That's pretty crazy. Anyway, good job, Jacob Argybright. Very well done, sir. Uh, we do have a NAR files coming up. I'm calling it the Jacob Argybright 2.0. So let's give it a second here. Uh, okay, so we've got our guest queued up here in just a second. So let's run through this really quick. Here we go. So Mulek in the number six spot, BAS World KTM Racing Team, eight hours, 43 minutes and 59 seconds. Conrad Dabrowski in the number seven spot, Deuce Rally Team, 845, 45 for him. And then in the number eight spot angle on the Orion Moto Racing Group, he is going to be nine hours, six, six minutes, 18 seconds. Finishing time for him, Davizi in the number nine spot, BAS World KTM Racing Team. Finishing nine hours, seven minutes, and 27 seconds. And then Martney 
in the number 10 spot on Ketty Motorsports, nine hours, 13 minutes and 42 seconds. Let's jump over to the man up top, Ricky Brabeck, your new 2024 Dakar rally leader into the race at rest day. Total time, 27 hours, 11 minutes and 21 seconds. And then we have Ross Branch going to be 51 seconds back. It's interesting. It's a sizable gap considering last year it was five seconds heading into the last stage and we're at the halfway point. So Ross Branch on the Hero Motorsports Rally team. He is the second leader right now or second overall at the 2024 Dakar Rally. Adrian Van Beveren right now on that number three spot. 27 hours, 20 minutes, and 42 seconds. He is 9 minutes and 21 seconds back from Ricky Brabeck. So a little bit of room to breathe there. Uh, but the race is obviously up front between Ricky Brabeck and Ross Branch. Nacho Cornejo in the number 4 spot. He is going to be 14 minutes, 14 seconds back. Toby Bryce in the number 5 spot on the Red Bull KTM factory racing bike. 27 minutes back. So very sizable gap. It's been a minute since we've seen gaps this big, especially getting into the rest day. Kevin Benavides in the number six spot, Red Bull KTM Factory Racing. He is 28 minutes back. Daniel Sanders in the number seven spot, Red Bull Gas Gas Factory Racing. He is 27, 47, and 11 seconds, 35 minutes back. Luciano Benavides, last year's winner in the number eight spot. He is going to be 47 minutes and 26 seconds back. Stefan Svitsko in the number nine spot, Slonov Rally Team. He is one hour, seven minutes, and 42 seconds back. And then Jean Lapon in the number 10 spot, Deuced Rally Team. He is one hour, 31 minutes, and 42 seconds back. That is your current leaderboard through stage six heading into the rest day. Now, uh, I'm going to, you know, you're not supposed to make assumptions, right? But I'm going to make the assumption that these guys got it figured out and that the times we're looking at and they are reporting are the times that we should be reporting. So if they change, I will update you guys. I'm not 100% sure what happened on the timing thing yesterday, uh, but we're, we're going to find out here uh, with one of our guys. One of the guys out there helping making it happen. Let's see if we can get him on the line. We're going to switch over our screen here. It's ringing like if he's in the U.S. Let's see if we can get him on the line. This is the will he answer. Hey, Victor. There he is, Mike. Hold on, Victor. Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, we got you. Victor! What is happening? Nothing much. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, I, was, I was supposed to be talking to your dad and Larry and Felipe. What are you doing? They're here. We're all here. Hey, guys. Hey. You took a prep flight. Yeah, I took a, I took a plane ride. Oh, there we go. And a helicopter. <laughs> nice. Okay, so I didn't. Well, I totally screwed it up then because I put their names, but I didn't know we were uh, we were going to have the uh, the writer of record. Well, it doesn't have to be about me. Actually, I prefer it's not about me. Mason just showed up. Actually, you literally guess. walked in. Yeah, surprise yeah, surprise guest. Okay. Uh, all right. So yeah, we we're, we're going to talk to the crew with Mason really quick. How are you feeling? 
I mean, are you physically halfway through? Pretty tired, pretty beat up. I know it's pretty been good. a long rally. Pretty good condition. I'd say it feels like I haven't even started the race. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> and you've made it pretty far already, so that's awesome. Well, let's yeah. start. Let's talk to the boys. You you should probably get some yeah, rest. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're the boss. They know what's actually going on. All right. Awesome. All right. Well, we'll we'll talk to you later. All right. See ya. See ya. All right. Mike, what are you guys doing? Uh, today we are uh, getting ready for Mason's bike to get back here. Um, turns out we're not going to have a lot to do with it, but we do want to do a little bit of uh, investigative work before the bike gets uh, packaged up. And uh, so that's what we're doing right now. Basically just hanging out. And uh, like I said, Mason just got here now. So um, yeah, it's been uh, it's been quite a uh, quite an event working uh, uh, under Mason's direction on how he wants his bike to be prepared every day, mm -hmm. and um, it's a lot of work. Uh, I think we, uh, you know, me and Felipe and uh, Larry have enjoyed it and sometimes hated it. Sometimes, you know, we didn't get a lot of sleep for the first, uh, well, we didn't get a lot of sleep till last night. Yeah. Uh, literally, one night we, well, two nights actually, we watched Mason go to bed and then we uh, were still working when he woke up in the morning, so... He probably thought we just got up early. <laughs> so you guys beat me. No, not really. <laughs> we haven't stopped. Yeah. But the bike, uh, pretty much every day it went out, it was in the best shape that we could possibly get it in. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, Mason is, uh, uh, he's, uh, you know, he's that upper level rider that is riding things to its very limit. And uh, the bike is, um, you know, proving that there's a few things and, a, you know, quite a few things that need to be, uh, well, I don't know what the word is, just uh, refined, refined mm -hmm. a little bit stronger. You know, it's a, you know, uh, Sunni was riding the same bike and we just understood that he hasn't really had any problems. Um, and I think that's a direct uh, correlation to how hard Sunni also has a broken arm. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, then there's that. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. So I think there, there's a big difference in the uh, level of riding that's happening between these two bikes. Yeah. And, you know, that was that's interesting because I was starting to wonder that now uh, somebody I was online and, and we were talking, uh, the message went back and forth that, yeah, he is so Sunir is on the same. He is on a Gen 2 bike. And I was wondering about that. And it sounds like, no, he's not having all the same uh, kind of same similar concerns, things like that. Like nothing has been parallel. You know, we're, yeah, we're not in the. Uh you know, we're not in the same pit, so we don't know all the details. I can just say that from talking with um, the people from that pit and uh, our direct connection, Jesus, mm -hmm. um, it appears that they haven't had these, these the, the type of problems that Mason's having. Gotcha. Okay. So, uh, yeah. You know, if, you ride, if you ride your bikes, you know, easily, things don't break. Yeah. Typically. 
Well, yeah, exactly. Well, and and so I mean, and we'll see. I mean, I'll lead this one, but overall, right from fifty thousand feet and you know nine million miles away here in the Pacific Coast, and it, the bike looks like it has in Mason's hands. The the bike has pace. I mean, obviously he he led stage one. He was out in front, led the stage day. I mean, the bike has pace with everything that he's done and developed, right? The suspension and that kind of stuff, but. None of the none of the concerns, none of the things that have happened really seem like they seem more like growing pains rather than actual like catastrophic failure because, you know, engineering was screwed up like completely sideways. Is, is that how it feels like these are just little details that come up, like you say, because when you ride a bike hard, it doesn't matter what bike it is? Yeah, I think so. But I think it's also just like you said, growing pains for Kobe because, you know, they're learning and everybody knew this up front. So it's not a surprise to anybody. Mason knew it up front. He was good with the risk and reward and and he did his best. And uh I think that, you know, they're going to definitely go back and refine. But, yeah, I would say Mason likes the motor. He's said that many times that uh, he likes the, the power of the motor. And, uh, you know, I don't think the motor has a bad design. But there's a few little things that they're going to strengthen now. You know, there was a little shift lever part that broke. And uh, they're going to, you know, make the casting a little stronger there. And uh, I think kind of on and on and on, the wiring harness is probably going to get um beefed up a lot and um so yeah it's just but the bike and i don't know i think you could give mason any bike you know and if you give him some time with it to put it make it the way he wants it i mean you can look at the video that's going to be coming out on the cove with mason riding which i've already seen a lot of it mm-hmm. it's amazing video it looks like he's definitely on a bike that can compete for sure yeah. I mean, suspension what he's doing with the bike is you know the unbelievable crazy rider stuff that we only dream of doing right mm-hmm. and that i mean yeah so you, it looks yeah from you know it like looks it's, good even though even though the front fender is hand painted and the paint's all coming off underneath the front wheel Kobe <laughs> probably never expected that the that you were going to get pictures from underneath the bike, you know, with the bike up in the air like that. They probably figured out we don't need to worry about underneath the fender. Yeah, we'll be okay. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, he, I mean, obviously he's riding the bike. I mean, he's putting up stage times, top 10, you know, so yeah, I, I would fully expect these things, you know, these little details and these little things to come out, you know, you have to push a bike very hard to get to that, that point. So, but it sounds like overall, some late nights what are they all 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 late nights they're that's that's part of uh rally service as you well know i mean yeah we all think we're gonna get things done by nine and get to bed and get up (laughs) at three and it's never before one o'clock and it is always at 315 so and one night we uh, worked on the bike, one kind of a neat story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I got a cold that's going around the bivouac, so trying oh. not to give it to everybody. But uh, one night we worked on the bike. Felipe, uh, why don't you tell the story? Yeah, I'm going to let Felipe tell the story. He's, he's giving me the no, no hand signal. But, uh, <laughs> well, no, we're just I'll talking look. on the phone. What are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
so we were working on the bike. Um, I don't remember what stage it was, a couple stages ago. Mm-hmm. It was that that we did we replace the motor that night? I don't even remember. It's so bad. Anyway, we're working on it. One thing leads to another. I they get they have the bike over uh, the Kobe people, the engineers, the mechanic, the mechanic engineers over there that are working doing something like replacing the cam or something. And we get the bike back at one thirty, and I tell everybody, well, we got an hour and a half to prep what we need to do before before we're going to be done. So we were kind of the uh, the Chinese team. They're a little slow. They get a little distracted, and you really have to. They're great guys. All the whole team. Mm-hmm. really been super helpful can't nothing bad to say about them at all but they do get a little distracted and like you know you'll go over they'll be over here and yeah okay and uh but anyway the bike comes back we have an hour and a half to do our stuff it's three in the morning when we're done mm-hmm. and uh felipe goes to test ride it at three in the morning of course yeah and he goes, I don't know, what, a quarter of a mile away, and it dies. Oh. And he has to push it back to the bivouac. Mm-hmm. It's now 4 o'clock. Mason's just getting up now and uh, getting ready. His dad's giving him breakfast, getting him his breakfast and all that stuff. And now we're frantically out here under the tent working on the bike. And... Um, we have to wake people up because we need uh, we need uh, the uh, what's it called technical the technical. We need that thing that plugs in right mm-hmm. to check what's going on with the ECU. We're literally working on the bike at six fifteen in the morning. Mason leaves at six thirty, and the cool part of the story is Mason's dad did not. I don't think Mason even knew that the bike was having a problem. He basically kept him in the camper. He kept them motivated, getting ready to go. And at uh, like 6.20, the problem was resolved. It turned out to be a coil wire. It was fixed. And um, Mason came out of the camper and got on the bike and went to the start line. With no no idea that it was... That is a, you know what? That is a good job. I mean, that is a really good. Yeah. I, I mean, I know you guys were having I mean, hair on fire scrambling. I can, oh, yeah. I can uh, only yeah. imagine how Felipe uh, felt riding away and then all of a sudden the bike flatlines. And he's got to push it back. So now he's running through the bivouac, pushing this bike, you know. Yeah. Uh, it's quite a thing. And uh, really the, the, the real takeaway is that never give up, right? No. That's kind of the theme of the uh, team the here. Instagram yeah. reels, it ain't over until I say it is. I'm yeah. saying that. That's Did how you catch that from Mason? Yeah, it's not over until it's in the reels from Mason saying it. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I don't know if he can I, he can hear me, but there's I don't know how big his fan base has just grown uh, from this event, you know, watching him struggle and, and pushing forward and, and making it happen and getting to where he got. Um, so I, if not the first, I'm sure there's going to be many of them saying congratulations that it is the effort that you put in is absolutely amazing to get this far on a bike that was not 100 percent proven before the rally so that's an amazing job so. yeah i think he says thank you he's uh, signing an autograph 
<laughs> of course. And I mean, and that's to all of you guys. I can only imagine you guys are a crew of three, right? And that's, you know, plus the writers. Yeah, so. well, it's more than that, but it's basically a lot of people. Yeah. We got Jesus here, the guy that got my, yeah, Jesus we, saved my bike. Jesus saved my dad car. Jesus is the um, super bike team manager for Kobe. And they have a very cool Superbike too, which I've got one on order right now. It's called the 450 RR, okay. super lightweight, yeah. uh, thirteen thousand RPM. Pretty cool. Oh man, <laughs> are we going to see uh, that bike me, in the uh, dugout? I'm going to hand this over to Felipe, and you're going to have to get some info from him. He's now trying to walk away, but why? We're just talking. On, why do you got to tell him we're on a show? We're just talking on the phone. <laughs> Well, I don't know, but I have Larry here, and maybe he's got some insight. Some pit. Yeah. Oh, he's got his mouth full of food now, he says. <laughs> he said, you can't come in. We're eating ice cream. <laughs> Days of Thunder reference there for those. Uh... <laughs> How's the weather like over there? It doesn't seem like it's as cold as it's been. It's... No, it's been cool in the evening, but, uh, you know, cold, but not like last year from what I understand, and. I don't know. Right now, it's probably eighty degrees. Not perfect. Okay, so you get you definitely getting a good good swing in temperature. Yeah. Nice. Well, that's good. So I got Larry now. All right. What do you got for Larry? I don't know. All right, Larry. How uh, how's it going? How are you feeling? I mean, you've <laughs> dude, you've had to put some work Pretty in. Good. I got rest this morning. <laughs> we didn't have to get up early. Yeah, in. Kind of. Yeah. You know. What do you think about what's this chrono stage thing? What do you what do you think about it? Is it coming back or I mean from your side? Yeah, probably. I mean, lost a couple bikes out there for sure because of it. You know, when you don't go through everything like we do every night, even other teams lost the bikes. Yeah. So Interesting. It's definitely a race that that you prepare the best you can and it really shows you know yeah. if you make it through yeah it makes a big difference right yeah yeah well i mean it's a test of the machine and how much it'll last how long it will last yeah yeah but i feel like i mean obviously and then for you guys like the the development of the bike and going through and i mean really i think how much, I mean, I don't want to get into detail because I know you guys did a ton of work before you even hit the ground, even before you, the bike crossed the border, you guys did a ton of work on this bike. You know, we, I follow yeah. Mason, I'm subscribed. So we're, we won't give away the secret sauce that we saw on there, but it's just, it seems like it's been a little bit of a, of a last minute the whole way through. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Mason wasn't even in a race, you yeah. know, and they were, Mason was able to talk to Cove and secure a deal with them to to do it his way, and they helped him. So we're grateful that they did that for us, you know, and got him here because it looked was looking like we were going to miss it, yeah. you know. And then Mason hit up a bunch of sponsors and got last minute help from quite a few people. So that was super awesome, effective soft and to to everywhere, you know, a lot of people helped and got him the money to, to make it. So, and it was all very last minute. Yeah. 
I mean, that's... I, I can only imagine the undertaking. <laughs> like, okay, we, we're yeah. going to make this happen. You know, what was, uh, I mean, from your side of it, you know, the pits and organizing all of that and, and you know, being on the ground and kind of orchestrating everything. How is, uh, how has that been? No, it's been good. Uh, just picked up tools and lubricants and everything we could and, we drive the motor home. We got dust code that carries our big parts, tires and tanks and whatnot, and had a few motors in there. Mm-hmm. You know, so we've had help moving stuff, so that's good. Yeah. You know, they set up the canopy in the, the pit like normal, you know? Yeah. Just a few extra things that we bring, mm-hmm. nuts, bolts. A lot of caffeine for the night and go to it. Yeah, right. Let's ride the factory team without the factory support. That is the. Yeah. I mean, it. I think you guys obviously. I mean, kept Mason going and and made everything happen. I mean, with the three of you guys, I don't know. Like, it almost seems like all these big factory teams now. It's you know more show than. You know, the, they have the assistant director of rear air changes. It seems like. You know, if you guys are able to make it yeah. happen <laughs> without having, you yeah. know, on a skeleton crew. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, you know, more than anything, I think Mason kept us going, you know, because his willingness to keep going. Yeah. You yep. know, he could have been the first day just yep. said, I'm done. Yeah. And he's like, what can we do? Are we going to get it fixed? And so... Yeah, between us keep riding right now you know, yeah you know between us and his willingness to keep going it just motivated us to keep working yeah it was just some energy you know? yeah seeing yeah for sure you know that that first shot of him that we saw you know out in the sand dunes just locked up you know trying to make it happen when with the oil line incident you know, it, it's it was heartbreaking, you know, to see, especially with the shot out of the gate that he got. I mean, the 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 bike showed the speed and the pace, and he was riding in and everything. You know, it was very heartbreaking. But yeah, it it switched the story and it showed something that I think that, I mean, he was elbows deep in that bike, and more than one time. And I think it showed the world yeah. that, you know, no, this is like, he's not just out here. You know, he's not, he's not an athlete. He's not a, 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 God, I don't want to use the term factory rider because I feel like a lot of times, a lot of factory riders are like itching to ba- break out the cell phone. It's not working. Come fix it. You know, they want to call yeah. tech support instead of, you know, yep. <laughs> roll the sleeves no, up. Sure. I got a hundred, hundred percent what you're trying to say there and be nice about saying it. Yeah. You, Mason's not the guy that's willing to give up no matter whose team he's on. Mm-hmm. He's going to push to the end for sure. Yeah. And, you know, the first day when that line blew out, yeah. he had the bike fixed pretty quick because he's smart enough to know he can bypass the cooler. Mm-hmm. And after he did that, he had wire that was in his, in his uh, tank bag. Mm-hmm. He wire tied the line. You know, it's unfortunate we didn't have any hose clamps in there. Yeah. Afterwards, we did. And he wire tied it, got everything ready and prepped. And he asked every 
person that came by him to ask if he was all right, if they had oil. Yeah. No one had oil. As soon as uh, Sunir came in, mm-hmm. literally was like, you could have my oil. Like, you can have it. And from there, Mason took half the oil mm-hmm. and was trying to explain to him that, hey, we can both go and we can make the finish. And I, I don't think he understood that. Yeah. That, that he would have been been okay with that, and uh, so he kind of threw his race away for Mason, which was super. You know, that's yeah. pretty pretty unheard of, and he did it. Yeah, and he did that without. You know, he didn't have to, for sure. And when Mason found out that he didn't continue on, that he he got picked up, Mason was pretty bummed Ugh. that he. You know ruined his race yeah so that's uh but from there you know i did hear about people commenting how you know mason called in and had him bring parts out and clearly they didn't see the photos of the wire tie and how he ran the oil line to keep it from leaking again to get to the finish but i I gotta oh so i'm trying to figure this so you gotta so you're telling me that they thought that you could just call up Uber and they're just going to fly parts out to you. <laughs> yeah. They're like, Oh, the, the rest of the Cove riders, the rest of the Cove riders had enough time, you know, behind Mason that they probably didn't leave and they gave them parts. Uh, yeah, well, no. One thing they don't understand is the delay, the liaison to the start. Like, yeah, there's no time. No, it doesn't, you, you know, yeah doesn't work like that that is that is furthest from the yeah so that's unfortunately why we basically stopped posting anything because mason doesn't need to be distracted with these guys that are yeah just hating on everything yeah it just it, you know, it just was easier because he reads this yeah and so let's just make it so that they've got nothing to talk about unfortunately it affects everybody else that enjoys seeing what what's going on yeah. But it's a decision that I made and just had to do it. Yeah. You know, it's a bummer, but I think the rest of the week, everybody will get a lot more as far as uh, seeing what's going on in the bivouac and rest day. Mm-hmm. And then next week, you know, I, I know Mason's not going to want to leave. So yeah. he'll probably be trying to do some some cool Facebook stuff. He can use my account and try to do some live videos and whatnot. And give people a little more of what's going on yeah from the pit that that would be awesome and that's crazy i didn't know that sunir actually sacrificed like i mean was was picked up that was the part i didn't follow along with uh and i mean and and that's absolutely i mean that's unheard of you know it's one thing to like oh here let me give you my rear tire i'll deal with a a screwed up tire you you'll get the fresh tire that's one thing it's a whole nother to say like I'm literally giving you my race. And I mean, that's absolutely huge. I can only imagine how gutted, you know, Mason felt afterwards. Um, But it's crazy to see the support, you know, then then what happened after the line, then we see uh, the owner, you know, straight up say it was our, it was on our side of the bench that, that this happened, that we could have done better on straight up, own up to it without question. Just like, Hey, this is what it like. It, I, 
I'll, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll be a little bit of a, I am absolutely loving how well of a job these guys are doing, both you guys, mainly you guys, and, and Kove at proving so many people wrong about this, you know, the whole where the bike came from. And that, and yeah, that for sure. Much. So, is, uh, I mean, literally, Mason came in. Yeah. Just, just before we got on the phone, mm-hmm. and said, "No, I, I know I can win on this bike. We just need to, you know, refine it out, little details." And he's like, "The, the bike's good." Yeah. And he's telling us that he's not on social media saying that. He's yeah. telling us this. Yeah. So I mean, he believes, and you know, and Mason knows that the difference between good and bad and he knows that you know what works and what doesn't work yeah and he feels everything's very close which is kind of cool and yeah i mean just seeing you know the first day before the line blew out yeah that's he can he can ride the bike he can navigate you know it's and i think that's pretty awesome that he's sticking by what he said and even though we've had some issues he knows that's not the main you know it's it's not just a total loss yeah i that's so i mean my question is is are we going to see that is he is this bike the one he's this bike itself is this coming back to the u.s uh he was working on it he wants to bring it back he wants to be able to show it and yeah. kind of have something as a you know a memory of the the car on the first bike that that went out yeah and i think it would be a good thing for for cove also just because there's so many off-road shows and stuff that he could take it to and let people look at his race bike that was never raced before and he you know took it for a ride yeah yeah showed that it could be a winning bike and you know it happens hero lost lost a bike today Mm-hmm. Honda lost a bike the other day, and it's just something that goes along with this race. <laughs> it's yeah. a tough race, and it beats down machinery. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's literally, I mean, it, it's par for the course. You know, it, it's just, it's bound to happen. And I think that's what I was, like, we were talking or telling Mike a minute ago. It's like, these are all, like, growing pain type things that only people that ride these bikes, like like Mason, you know, at 110%, are going to experience these things because Sunier is not not that Sunier is not a fast rider he is injured you know as, as Mike kind of mentioned but right. what what you guys have done for this platform and what Mason's done in, in developing it and making this bike his I, I love seeing that that was really awesome seeing all of the stuff behind the scenes you know working with AHM you know W the wheels and you guys like there was I, I can only imagine all the stuff I mean we'll, we'll talk about that maybe offline some other day but all of these yeah. little details and things that went off you know to put this race bike together basically at the last minute and yep. no, I, and it made the stages quickly it came together <laughs> yeah i know and and that's the thing is it made the stages i was thinking you know or not that i think a lot of people were thinking that this thing was going to blow up three miles off the line and then everybody was yeah. going to rejoice and we were right and we told you and i mean honestly you proven wrong it got taken out of what i am yeah. assuming is by what whatever i mean honda may have literally had the same problem you know and yep. atm they lost an engine yeah oh, i yeah. didn't hear it but they did 
yeah, that, know, and it's just it's something that happens. Yeah, yeah, it, it's funny how quiet they get when uh, when parts start breaking. <laughs> yep, exactly. Yeah. Victor, yes. One of the best moments of the event for me was uh, the night that we went to the um, uh, pick your starting position uh, meeting or whatever. Yeah. And watch Mason get up there and talk about it before he gets up there that he's going to pick number one. I'm like, okay. And boy, that place you could hear a pin drop when he said, I want to lead out or I want, I want to lead. And, uh, it was pretty, it was, it was really interesting that I think everybody thought that he was, uh, making a huge mistake. Yeah. And all the you know top riders would never do something like that. And then to go out on a brand new bike and never get caught all day long and, and put in a time of third place. That's pretty amazing amazing for me oh yeah no i <laughs> i i 100 agree with that that was it was awesome to see him you know say that like you know not because it, it's kind of difficult to understand how they were doing it like oh it's inverted starting order and then you know you pick your spot and all that stuff and for him to just say i, I you know i just want to go first i'll just lead out and i mean that's uh cojones for sure and like you said you know none of the factory guys they avoid that top spot like the plague but he's he's proven that he can open a stage and he's very tough to catch you know so and what was it was it last year that he had the uh the entire uh the entire pro field behind him following him for a bit yeah <laughs> they, they told him they told him stop following us and, and then one they of follow the main him. reasons Nathan didn't, <laughs> didn't go out front because he didn't want to look like he was pushy. Uh-huh. And then at Refuel, they told him, why, why are you just falling? Why don't you try to do some of the work? So then he's like, okay. And he took <laughs> off. I, you know, I, and then, you know, it was nice because uh, when they came in, I, Matias told the team team manager Jordy he said Mason took us and lead it lead it out and really handled it and gave him some really good words of praise like he they were happy yeah they were super surprised that that he could do it nice. so that was pretty cool on on his part to to tell the team manager that it was nice you know it's nice when someone gives you a good compliment like that and being one of the top guys that Matias is, is was nice to, to hear about that. Yeah. I mean, that is, I mean, it's, I know for Mason, it's gotta be, you know, it's gotta feel pretty good. And, and that, you know, exactly what you said for somebody to go out and literally say, say that, you know, a paid athlete, this is their job. This is their career. This is what they do. I mean, that literally the check comes from them. And to, for them to say that is, uh, I mean, it, it, it's awesome. And honest, yeah. honestly, I think some teams made some mistakes, but I think that this also worked out for Mason. Um, again, going back to what we were talking earlier, he, he, he showed a whole nother side of, of being a rider and not just an athlete, but being able to develop a bike, being able to navigate and being able to ride. I mean, it's literally the trifecta. Yeah. And being able to work on a bike. 
Yeah. That's yeah. I mean, that's literally what you need because <laughs> you know what you you can't you can't call tech support. <laughs> it's not allowed. <laughs> so awesome. So what's uh? So you guys are probably gonna hang out to the end of the event, or are you guys coming back? Yeah, no. Mason will want to hang out and uh, probably video and talk to people, and you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Hang out with people that are friends and you know support everyone yeah and then uh some way i think we want to try to figure out how to get back over to dubai and meet up with one one of the other guys that has helped him out and sponsor him a lot uh, a cactus mm-hmm. and talk with them and you know basically it's it's time to start figuring out next year already yeah instead of waiting last minute we need to get them get them training and you know go from there yeah you know it's uh it's an interesting thing with what you guys have done this this race i mean for me and a lot of people and i i think that this is where a lot of the manufacturers understand this already i know ktm does is the story of dakar and what happens at dakar is what sells bikes on on the monday following the event and I, yep. you know, I mean, even for me, I mean, I literally, I'm like, you know, I think I can move some puzzle pieces and make it happen to pick up a bike. And, yeah. but it's a lot of it has to do with what I've seen, you know, coming from you guys, the results on us. And that's the cool thing is it's like, it's no, no BS, you know, you guys, yeah, of course you guys modified a bike, you know, and made it better for Mason and made it better for his style. I mean, that's just, anybody does that. I mean, if you change levers, you've already, you know, <laughs> done that so well one one thing to keep in mind victor is that um you know the gen one bike is really a proven platform as well for your average you know even above average but yeah you know that bike is now got two dakars behind it i don't think one of those bikes have dropped up yet if i'm not mistaken yeah i mean i think all the kobe gen ones are still in yeah and uh so there's the bike that you know, yeah i mean let i mean let's you know let's be realistic you can't buy i mean I'm, I'm sure they swear up and down but you can't go buy the orange flavor bike with a race motor in it and you can't tell me that the race motor that's in a dakar bike you know yes of course is in the bike you're buying off the showroom so at the end of the day i mean it was the same thing like when i worked at bmw people would come in and they'd be like i put a power commander on it i changed the air filter i had it dyno tuned and all this stuff and i'm looking and going dude you still have like 50 millimeters of uh, chicken strips on your tires so what do you need all this horsepower for you can't even you ride the bike to its current potential i don't want to make it seem like i'm talking crap about you know the riders out there that's not what i'm doing because i know myself and my riding abilities but I don't need a race motor to go out, have fun, go chase some road books down or just even go tool yeah. around the desert. So, yeah, no, I think that's even, even for me, the bike would last me, you know, a lifetime. Yeah. Right. I don't ride as hard as Mason. I don't ride as hard as Carter. So my stuff lasts longer mm-hmm. period. Yeah. And you figure when you come and you put that many kilometers in one day, one day and push it push it through dunes and sand that you know the the stress these bikes go under each day 
mm-hmm. is more than most riders put it on in a year. Yeah. You know, so that's that's the difference. Yeah, it's. Do you have any? Uh, do you have any questions for Felipe? Because he should really, at least, so we know he's here. I'm going to, uh, you know what, Mike, I'm going to call you on that one. I bet you're looking at him, giving him a hard time trying to get him to, uh, <laughs> I can see you so teasing him. So now we him. got Felipe from South County Interiors, <laughs> which is one of Mason's sponsors also, and yeah. his mechanic. Yeah. Hey, what's going on, Victor? Hey, Felipe, how are you, sir? Good, good, can't complain. <laughs> Happy to get some, a little bit longer shut-eye? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's tough going three days with two hours of sleep. So we finally got a, a, a cut of break this morning uh, on coming up to this bivouac. Nice. So uh, how uh, about more or less, when did you say, okay, I'm going to the Dakar? I mean, obviously you weren't expecting uh, that in January last year. <laughs> no, no. Well, I told Mason when he first started rally, I'll support him as much as I can. Okay. Um, and if he ever gets the car and needs me, I'll go. So I think I was driving, pulling a trailer, um, some equipment or something like that. He calls me and says, hey, I need your passport. We're going to the car. And I was like, I don't know, a month and a half ago. He's like, send me a picture of your passport. I'm, I'm like literally driving on the 241. And, he, and I go, oh, shit. He just got really serious. So I, I, had to, I had to eat my words. Yeah. He literally just cashed it in. <laughs> Yeah, he's all right. You're going to the car. Yeah, I'm going. Hey, it, was, it wasn't even a hey, Felipe. Remember when you said? No, no, it, it was hey. I need a copy of your passport. We're going to the car. Oh, I go okay. Yeah, that was the conversation we had. Start packing. Oh, oh man, that is <laughs> that's awesome. But I mean, what what do you think? If uh, given the opportunity, you're going back every year, or? Uh, yeah. I mean, as long as I have a purpose, I mean, um, I like to have something to do. Um, I I can track it from home, but if I'm working on wrenching, I'm, I'm all for it. You know, I'd like to suffer just a little bit. I don't want to be here and be a fan. I actually want to be in, get my hands dirty and actually have, be able to do something. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I mean that, I mean, it's like actually moving. I mean, I can only imagine, right. When the bike leaves, I mean, how, Tell me about when you were riding away and the bike flatlined on you. I mean, what was the, what went through your head? Oh, fuck. (laughs) Yeah. So, so we were, it was early. I don't, I don't even remember what time I want to say between the hours of, uh, three and 4 AM. And we just got the bike back together after the techs worked on it. Um, we put all, all our stuff back together. And it was like, okay, it's late. We got to ride this thing. And I took it out to the, out to the street, you know, pretty far from outside the gates of the bivouac. That's kind of like the ritual is just get out and see if you can stretch his legs a little bit, see if you can find any problems. And it literally broke down and just left me dark. And I had to literally push it from the main road in through the, into the bivouac doors all the way back to our camp. Through the sand. Through the sand. I thought I was going to have a heart attack because I know Mason was getting up already. And um, we literally had to wake up all the techs and say, hey, there's a problem with this. Um, we wake up. Mason's up already. And actually, Larry solved that problem that morning as well. He said, put a new coil in it. And and they were like, no, nah, I don't think it's a coil. 
just put a new coil in it, he said. I just want a new coil. And when they pulled the coil up, they found a wire pulled out of the coil, which was part of the demonstration that was in a video out somewhere of him replacing that wire, resoldering it, of the owner of Kobe doing it himself. Did you get that? Sorry, I did. I did see that. I mean, and that's that's not an easy find. Like, and had you well, not I said, I, I, I thought we were done. I mean, we had 15 minutes to go. I, I thought I was amazed to see Larry, you know, keeping Mason out of the loop and focused on doing what he has to do in 15 minutes. And uh, I was. I was amazed. Amazing, an amazing morning. And uh, I, I feel like that was every single morning. It was, it was, it was an amazing morning. It's almost like the bike was on fire and we're telling Mason everything's fine. Just yeah. keep on going about your business and get ready. Yeah, you, you might notice it's a little warm. <laughs> but yeah. no, just go right the hell out uh, of it. It was yeah. definitely an experience. I mean, yeah. We went to that bike every single day and we've touched every single part and basically replaced every single part on that whole bike at least once yeah but i mean that's a lot of it just out of, a lot of it just out of caution not because it was broken just because oh we yeah we want to find problems before they exist yeah exactly yeah and and for the for the people that don't uh that don't believe that part of it right that you're constantly checking and moving and replacing parts and doing all that stuff uh, the next time you're at Dakar or one of the big rallies, just walk behind the uh, the other team trailers, the factory teams, and just check out the parts in the trash can, and you'll know what I mean. <laughs> I'm done. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you tires, uh, you know, tires, brake pads. I mean, this stuff. I I, I have a hard clutch plates. Yeah. I have a hard time throwing them in the garbage, but you know. Yeah, and these guys are like, yeah, did it, yeah. Well, the usable life of this is only 500 kilometers, so basically one stage. So we're going to throw these parts away, and they're like literally brand new, you know, sprockets and all sorts of stuff. I've, I've seen some crazy stuff pulled out of bins from the factory team stuff. So any anybody listening thinking that, oh, well, you know, factory teams don't do that. I call, man, if they only knew. So, well, awesome. there's so much invested so much invested in you don't want to you don't want to lose throw away a race for you know a consumable part it's better to, to go through everything and make sure that you check all your boxes and make sure that everything's torqued and tightened and uh, all the parts that you need to replace are replaced every day yeah safety wire everything's safety wired not everybody does that yeah well, yeah, I can only imagine. I mean, you need to have, I mean, every, like you guys said, every, everything has to be accounted for everything, every last bolt, every last thing, because you don't know when it's well, going to come down to, you know, when we had that first problem with Mason, with the, with the, an oil issue, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. I was just dreading, you know, did I, did I not tighten the plug, uh, torque it properly? Did I not safety wire it? Did I not? I mean, it was almost a relief to find out that the hose blew as bad as, you know, just having it, that problem at all. It's just, I, I was really, you know, you gotta, you don't want to be the person responsible for not finishing the stage. I mean, it does happen. I mean, I don't think anybody would come down on me too hard, but at the same time, I'd probably be harder on myself for that. But 
Yeah, I mean, I don't think we had one failure that was a uh, 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 mechanic tightening type of issue. They were all sort of uh, just uh, uh, the learning curve of getting everything with Kobe set up to do Dakar in the future. And, you know, the owner wants to be on the podium in five years. This is his second year. I think it's possible. To me, but you need Lady Luck too. Remember, yeah. Lady Luck has to be on your side. Yeah, and one day, you know what's something that I think that's interesting about that specific statement, right? And I had mentioned earlier, he's yeah, he did. He said five years, so this is year two for the podium. And I think a lot of people, when he said that, kind of laughed laughed it off. I have yeah. a feeling that Let there's going to be some changed minds because this is year two and you just had Mason prove that this bike has pace, right? Yeah, you look let at me, and let me be clear, Victor, what he said was he wants to be on the podium in three years and he wants to win in five. So depending on whether you count stages or not, you know, Mason's put him on the podium with a third place stage. So, you know, yeah. um, you know, yeah. you guys, the audience can argue that out, you know, yeah. whether that counts or not. But so far, he's got a podium. Yeah. I mean, you got to think that the bikes that are currently occupying the podium are years and years. I mean, at this point, decades in development. And this is the company is barely a decade old as a whole. And this is literally year two at the Dakar. So, yeah, I you know, I'm, I'm really excited to see the next like the next quarter, the next three months, how much gets developed and pushed and ultimately you know i it could be as soon as next year you know the right rider you know the right bike developed everything just adjusted right the team you know the team vibe i mean i can't even begin to speak highly enough of what sunir did you know to to help mason so i mean i think that that the whole program as a whole is uh is definitely moving so so larry are you gonna are you going to uh, do a factory team in the u.s yeah i definitely <laughs> think uh it wouldn't be easy no because i can't afford it <laughs> but i could uh i could help mason as much as i can right yeah yeah, I think that would be, yeah, I, I would, I would love to see Covey say for this next year, like r really, really back Mason. I'm not saying they're not backing him now, but we know, you know, uh, as a whole package, you know, I think they got a lot of miles out of him for this, this event and, and but not just in media and impressions, but more so in developing a bike that's competitive against all the other brands. Yeah, for sure. You know, Mason's dream would be to be able to build a bike, help build a bike, and be part of the you know the R and D of getting something together that would win, and then win with him on it. Mm -hmm. You know, that would. You know, yeah. I don't know if most people want to do that, but Mason, Mason would want it. Yeah, and he does want it. Yeah. So. Yeah, I feel like I this think, is that uh, opportunity. Yeah. And after, you know, after he got the news that KTM wasn't going to finance him again yeah. for this year, 
he kind of, you know, just went into, okay, we're just going to mess around and ride bikes regular. He didn't really train road books much. He had a few people come out and he took them out and helped them, you know, he helped Noah train a little bit and came out. We, you know, so Noah's doing real well this race. I'm, I'm glad to see this. Yeah. Uh, I think he's running third, you know. Yeah. So hopefully he can stay there and be on the podium also. Yeah. I think that's awesome. Yeah. I and agreed. You know, and if somebody, you know, comes up with financial support like these big teams get, I'm sure Mason could come back really strong. Yeah. 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 Put the training in. I, I agree, a hundred percent agree. I think, and it, and it's awesome to hear that. You know that that's that that's his dream. You know to help develop a bike, and I think uh, I feel like he got a taste of this, of doing that that dream with this. So I mean, hopefully that's even more motivation and nice because I you know I'm not not to talk crap, but you know I I feel like i don't know how receptive the other teams are the other factories are to rider input you know for when it comes time to building a bike you know that's not ergonomics right yeah no it uh the farthest mason got with hey we need to do this is changing suspension yeah you know and they they'll work with you on the suspension and wp did a great job and but i'll tell you what you know it's pulling teeth hm yeah, no, and then having the suspension on the bike this time is they really came through for him at AHM and put something together super quick. Mm-hmm. And again, when you have that help, it, it's just enormous for your confidence and getting out there and riding hard. Yeah. Well, and I mean, in that... It- but- you can it's arguable to a lot of people i think that that maybe don't understand that that the suspension is directly like you could have the fastest motor and the worst suspension and you won't post a time you could have the slowest motor and be able to hold it wide open with the right suspension and that will get you further exactly now that's 100 percent true yeah so that's well, that's, that is awesome. I mean, I, like I said, I mean, yeah. this, this whole thing and what you guys have put together and done, I mean, has really got me, got me thinking, okay, so sell some stock and get, uh, you know, call up Cove, <laughs> start getting a yeah, bike. No, lined up. Sure they're, yeah. They're heading in the right direction, you know? Yeah. So we'll yeah, see. We just, we need to sell a hundred thousand Coves or so, so that they can uh, put that money into their uh, race efforts. There we go. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's hey, do it. something some of the people probably don't know is Felipe has been part of Mason's rally training and everything since day one. The, the first time he's ever done a training rally, and that was one of Scott Bright's road books uh, that he was helping do free trainings. Yeah. Felipe has been there since day one of this. That's so it. it's, you know, he's been a big supporter of Mason's, you know, before that. But as far as rally goes. Yeah. Like literally, literally, literally day one. 
Yeah. When, uh, just to remind so. remind people, when was it? Because I saw you posted a, a video of it. I think it was like, it looked like the background was prim. And he was on a yep. on a bike. I think it was for that training. But when, when was yep, that? It was. Was he was like 18? What year was that? It's yeah. been several years. Felipe, you remember the actual date? I don't remember the actual date, but it's been several years. I think he was about 18. Well, yeah. How old is he now, though? 18. Because he's 22. 22. So four. 22. <laughs> so so four years ago. So, let, let's just for the for those playing yeah. the home game. That's four years ago that he was just learning how to navigate road books and just getting started in this four years ago. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. So <laughs> That's awesome. Actually you know, and more than crazy. That's Scott awesome. Bright. Yeah. He, he offered up, Hey, if, if you want to learn and, and he was already like, I want to do this. And he offered up, you know, free training and come out and check it out. And Mason's like, can we go? I said, yeah, let's go. And then Felipe jumped in the truck and we went, <laughs> you know, it was awesome. Nice. And, uh, so yeah, he's been a part of this whole deal for, for a long time. Nice. Awesome. Oh man. That was so much good I think, stuff. I yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm excited for this. Yeah, Mason, yeah. Mason's dream team. I think right now is still, you know, his brother Felipe and, have have them here and helping out and keep it going you know yeah it's getting uh so unfortunate yeah unfortunately carter has a race literally the day that we come home for a national mm -hmm. and he had some other stuff to get his bike ready so it's like carter's got a full-time job figuring out all his race stuff by himself because i'm not there and you know the good thing carter's just as good at working on a bike as mason yeah so He's out there building his own bike for this next race too. Nice. So, yeah, I, you know, I, I can't put uh, a value on the ability to be able to do that. You know, know know a bike, build a bike, and do that kind of stuff. Because otherwise, out in the desert, when it's clicking a little funny, when it's reacting a little weird, when it's if you don't know how everything works in conjunction with each other, you'll never find it. And, and, and more than likely you won't be able to explain it to somebody that could find it, you know? Exactly. It's, so I, I think that's yep. awesome. And the fact that you could be literally, well, actually, no, I know it's usually stuff breaks when, when it officially knows right. you're in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> Appreciate it. Yeah. So awesome. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, so we're still having a good time. Everybody's good. happy. You know, Mason came in and in good spirits and let's figure it out. Let's look at it. Yeah. If you could make them let me race again, I'll race. You know, I don't, I don't need any overall. I just want to ride, you know, <laughs> but that's Mason nice. for you. I just want to that ride. That's can it. I just ride? Can I ride home? Yeah. How can we do this? <laughs> If we put yeah. it on a yeah, on a liner ship, can we just ride it around all the way back? Yeah. Yeah. That after, is that after, is after stage one he came in and he said, I'm not done riding yet. <laughs> <laughs> uh did you hey factory teams, did you hear that? <laughs> yeah. Watch out. Uh, no, I, one thing about that, he he did. Every 
last year at the end of the car mm-hmm. when we were leaving because we again we stuck around and after he got hurt and his neck his neck was to the point and i can't even lift it anymore yeah every team honda they all wanted him mm-hmm. but mason you know a man of his word and when he tells somebody and signs a contract he's yeah. not going to try and get out of a contract to go with another team and yeah. unfortunately when the cut came yeah. all the teams had filled yeah. and they gave him uh hey we wanted you and you said you were already under contract yeah so yeah exactly and but you know what yeah, uh, I think that I, you know, I've seen it in so many different industries that people will, will contract hop. They'll jump from, you know, Monday, they're on one bike and Tuesday they're on another, or another platform. And, yeah. it, and it's like, they're just searching. So to me as a team manager, if I was a team manager or brand manager, I'm looking at that going, dude, you're just after the paycheck. You're just after whatever the next quote unquote next best thing is. And, yep. and I, I don't want that, dude. I, I want somebody, you know, I, that's where I think that Mason just proved a lot of people, a lot of, t- I think a lot of team managers should be watching this. And I, I bet they are that what he was able to accomplish. You know, I know that, a, you know, there's a lot of press and a lot of coverage about his struggle for this rally and your guys as, as a team. But I think that that has shown to everybody that said that had a question mark, you know, it's dispelled a lot of it. You know, he's not yeah. just a rider. He's not just a navigator. He, you know, he technically wants to be involved with the bike. He technically can make a bike work better. So I think, as, yeah, as any team manager right now, I'd be looking really hard at this. Yeah, no, to, to, to get a rider in, is their input on something that could actually pro- potentially improve it is always good, right? Mm-hmm. You know, even if they don't, if they'll listen to them, yeah. you know, they're getting feedback. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, that's what you need from yeah. your riders is feedback. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And, so we'll see. You know, I will see. I hope you know that um, that this uh, partnership gets formed with Kobe. Uh, something, you know, something stronger, something a little bit more. Uh, you know, and and allows Mason that opportunity to help continue to develop the bike. You know, so we'll see. Yeah, no, for sure. The the CEO and Jesus and Jan and they they gave us two mechanics to just if we had any questions, literally. For Mason, you know, and they were basically there for the motor work. Is I don't feel comfortable doing Mason's or Carter's motors anymore. On top of I don't know this motor because all I've worked on is KTM motors. Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay, so they literally brought the head, you know, two two mechanics that fully know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And if we had a question about the motor, they came over and they would do the motor stuff. Gotcha. So that was that was solid. Yeah. You know, they they want to make this work too. Yeah. So we had good support from them and again when when the CEO and owner of the company says he's sorry, this is my fault. That's that's a big big man to step up and do that. Yeah. Absolutely. So Yeah. I I don't ever recall seeing anybody else ever do that. Yeah, <laughs> you know, so it, yeah, for some, sure. some happens. It gets closed behind the iron door, and you know, good luck trying to officially find out what the story was. 
So. Yep, exactly. You know, and so that was, that was solid. I, that that to me is is huge. Yeah. When when you take responsibility, and I was I was like, wow, yeah. that's crazy. Yeah. You don't see that ever. No. No. Hundred percent agreed. So. Nice. Well, it's uh, what time is it for you guys? Uh, Five forty for you guys there. Yeah. Nice. Yep. So we've been on the phone for quite a while. You got up yeah. very early. <laughs> yeah. Make this all happen. No, we gotta. We gotta get. There's a lot of people. Uh, they're gonna want to hear this, so we could definitely get it. Uh, get it up and out. And. Uh, yep. Oh man. <laughs> I'm telling you, this I adult life thing. It. Yeah. No, dude, I, I, if you were here, Victor, if you were here, I'd buy you some uh, bivouac meal. <laughs> nice. I, I, I want to try one of the MREs that they gave them out in the desert for the chrono stage. Uh, yeah, that was <laughs> cool. We talked to Mason about that. We haven't asked him what that if yeah. it was good or not. Mason actually packed one of our dehydrated meals. Yeah. Because he's like, I know they'll have hot water. I'm going to eat good. And he, he packed it in his vest from a service, made him pockets in the back, too. Yeah. So he packed that in his vest, and he's like, I'll get hot water. I'll have two meals. I'll eat good. <laughs> I would have brought, I would, you know, I would have used the popcorn theory. You know, nobody wants popcorn until they smell it. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. what I would have. I would have brought the stuff with the strong, like the best smelling food ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just to, you know tease everybody but that that is awesome details it's on the details yep so, for sure awesome thinking well, outside the box there you go that's and and look where we are so yeah. excellent no and that was the other thing he's, he was grateful because he on the plane he's like i'm glad i had all my hammer bars because mm-hmm. by the time he got got picked up he was like i would have been dying yeah you know that's crazy so yeah, you, I mean, you, you, I, I attribute that to me because he he's wants to carry light, but he also wants to eat. Yeah. Well, he under uh, take well, him, take he, him. Yeah, he understands the whole the dynamic of it, you know, and and that's important. You could literally be running out of gas internally and not even realize it. You know, it's like what they say yeah. is like when they say you're thirsty, it's because you've you're already on the dehydration process. You know, yeah. so that's no. yeah. That's huge. We we learned that the first year at the car that even though we were using the the hammer nutrition, mm-hmm. we needed to actually be using it more. Yeah. So the owner actually talked to us, and we basically gave him day to day everything we did, and within a week he's like, "This is what you should be doing daily." to replenish your system nice and that was that was huge so the second year we went instead of losing weight mason gained weight okay by just keeping everything in check yeah so the willingness on their their side too to like make it happen was awesome yeah which you know which is if you think about it the, the crazy part I, I know a little but not a lot but I, from my understanding, 3,000, it's one pound of weight is 3,000 pounds or 3,000 calories. So I can only imagine how much he goes through, how many calories he goes through in an entire stage and then back yeah. that up for, you know, 12 to 15 days. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. Uh, I think a national at one point, mm-hmm. it was calculated nine or 10,000 calories a race. 
for a national like Aaron Hounds. Like and that, and that seems like an enormous number, but man, you're just that's one day. So physical and going, and that's one day. Yeah, and that's a few hours. That's crazy. So it's like you just burn, burn, burn. Yeah, and I don't want to say that you're. I mean, the pace and the terrain obviously is a little bit different, but the Dakar wins because it's, you know, 10, 12, 14 days straight of this. Yep. Exactly. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, speaking of nutrition, what's uh, what's the food? What are you guys doing for food tonight? Restaurant or is it going to be the uh, the bivouac? uh, Tonight, I don't even know if they have food yet. They didn't have any prior. And I think we'll probably make some mutton, noodles, and uh, some vegetables again, because that's what we ate last night. Nice. I think uh, it was good enough to get us through, and that's that's what's packed in the the motorhome, because Dusko actually brought us the motorhome filled with some canned food and whatnot, and then we went to the store and picked up some meat and vegetables and... So we'll probably do that again tonight until they get the bivouac set up because we everybody kind of got here early, and they told us it wouldn't be set up to go ahead and just take the two days and travel slow. And but yeah. we made the the journey in one day. <laughs> so so. You, you guys can do it slowly. <laughs> we're, yeah, exactly. We're yeah, on we a were. mission. <laughs> yeah, no, we got here. We set up. Tools are set up. Parts are set up. You know. We wanted to 100% be ready for when Mason came in, and yeah. we're still set up. I'll send you a, a little quick video. I'll I'll, uh, I'll text it to you. Yeah. Try to make it quick so it'll text through and just show you the setup a little bit yeah. that we have. And uh, another interesting point from a service viewpoint. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody realizes how many kilometers you have to go between bivouacs. I mean, it's like an all-day drive from one bivouac to the other. And uh, coming back here from where we were, back to Riyadh or coming to Riyadh here, it was supposed to be a a two-day trip. We Mm -hmm. did it in one. I think it was was like 10 hours or something. But But the other day, we spent like 13 or 15 hours driving. I don't know, just all day. It was huge, yeah. So, So you don't get to really sleep, so... Somebody's got to drive, mm-hmm. and usually the person driving, I think, is probably is as tired as I am, so I can't sleep because I don't want, you know, I'd rather see it coming, right? <laughs> like, I'm going to jump up and grab the wheel or something, right? Yeah. But, uh, no, it's, it's just, I think uh, for the people listening, the uh, just the distances that these service crews have to go every day is pretty incredible. I, I never kind of thought of that when uh, when I came here and you know we've done uh, Baja and some other events uh, South America where when you're riding the bike you know you that's, you don't realize the service crew had to basically drive the same distance you did yeah. on your bike or whatever and uh, yeah yeah a lot of traveling yeah yeah I saw that there was a well they're on the uh the stage maps from the FIA, FIM, or from the ASO, I'll just say from the ASO, they show the the service route and what you guys got to do. And a couple of times I, I mistook it for the stage, the special stage. <laughs> I was like, Dude, oh, no, wait a minute. That's what these guys got to drive. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, shit. 600K, 600K driving in a motorhome. 
that does 55 at best. <laughs> yeah. So the point is, you never get to sleep. You know, there's never like once the rider leaves, you get to relax for two hours. We usually pack up the night before. As soon as Mason leaves, we stay with him on the starting line, and we're we're gone. As soon as he leaves, we're we're moving to the next point. So. Yeah. Oh, nice. Well, awesome. I mean, that's uh, hats off to you guys and everything you've done. I, I don't think I can say that enough that you guys have done a really awesome job, you know, keeping the thing going as far as it, they made it, you know, that's out of your guys' hands. So it'll be good to see. But I'm excited. I'm excited to see Mason back and, and you guys back and see where this goes with Kobe uh, and how the Kobe bike develops. Appreciate it. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you guys. Yeah, absolutely. Enjoy. Have a great evening. Say hi to Mason. I hope, uh, hope you guys have fun. Yep. You have a good day. Awesome. You too. Thank you. Thank you. See ya. All right. So there you have it. Ooh, this turned into an episode for you guys that are normally just watching the, uh, the 10 minute updates on, uh, the chasing waypoints podcast, uh, or for the, uh, for the rally updates, this is our, our typical, we try and get all these guests and people uh, on the on the show, on the podcast. So this video obviously went a little bit longer than you guys, uh, to the point you guys noticed that I had to uh, turn off the camera because it started giving me the red beep, telling me uh, I should probably charge it. So new camera setup, haven't really figured it out, but uh, well, you know, we'll, we'll make it happen. See, so let's see if uh, we can get back. Uh, Ah, there we are. All right, back on. We'll see how long before it starts uh, beeping. Anyway, now we'll uh, we'll cut it here, guys. I hope everybody enjoyed it. You know, a little bit longer of an episode, but I hope you guys are tuning in. It was really great to hear from Larry, Felipe, you know, and Mike, and then obviously uh, Mason there in a little bit. Didn't want to bug Mason too much. He's you know fresh off the bike, fresh out of the desert. You know, uh, honestly, I could imagine you know maybe a little gutted, you know, not being able to continue, and it's. Uh, worse too, when you have the ability, like you see that the bike has pace, you know, it has the ability to do something and not only that, but all of the work, all of the hours that everybody put into it. And then, you know, for something, um, you know, something technical that you later, once you figure it out, that's the worst part. Once you figure it out, you realize like, oh, if I would have done this, we would have been okay. You know, that, that makes it tough, but we'll see. So guys, I hope everybody is doing well. I hope you guys are enjoying the Dakar. I've got to go do some running around, do some errands and stuff like that. But I am going to be coordinating and working and trying to get you guys some more interviews and some more stuff today uh, and post it up. Check out a little bit later today. We are going to have actually two editions of the NAR files today dropping. We've got one with Jacob Argybright and then another one with a very special guest, um, a former team, uh, team principal, we should say. Uh, the crew chief, one of the main guys at one of the premier factory teams. So we're going to talk about his experience on the Dakar winning team from a few years back and how that went. So gnarly Dave making that happen. Nar, if you're listening to this one, thank you very much. It airs a little bit later today. Hope everybody's good. Let's do this. Let's get on with it. Got the rest of this adult life. Hey, one of these days, maybe Spotify will cut me a check. All 
right, that is a wrap for the Chasing Waypoints podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. Looking forward to our next one coming up. Remember, if you are out riding, do not forget to tag us at Chasing Waypoints. Hashtag Chasing Waypoints. And if you haven't already, get on over to the website. Get signed up for the newsletter, The Bivouac. North America's Rally Raid and Adventure Riding newsletter. Hey, let's have some fun. Let's find out what are you guys up to. Let's get you featured. If you're a brand and looking to get supported, get some eyeballs, get some ears on your business. Absolutely. Hit us up. Send us a message at podcast at Chasing Waypoints. But anyway, that is a wrap. Remember, shiny side up. See you guys.